Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Talos of Tech, uh, live on YouTube. Happy Friday the 13th. It's spooky, be careful, be safe out there. Um, we're kicking off today's live stream, um, with why I, I'm, let me express, I'm still very grateful for what we got, um, with the Apple TV last year. They lowered the price, 4K is standard, they killed the Apple TV HD, they dropped the fan, they switched to Type-C on the Siri remote, like... Basically, every change they made was a good idea, and I'm very grateful for the Apple TV refresh we got. However, there's still some inherent flaws with this design. Um, not only am I not a fan of having the little box that has to sit somewhere on the TV stand, especially when Apple's the type of company to embrace wanting a clean setup, right? Where you just have the TV with no wires behind it or anything. It's just, it sits flush. And the Apple TV kind of forces you to make space. You gotta make room for it. Or you gotta buy a special mount and put it on the back. But still, even if you have the uh, mounted on the back type mentality with the Apple TV stick, uh, sorry, with the Apple TV, um, the biggest annoyance, and, and this is still present with the latest generation Apple TV, is that you need to buy an HDMI cable, even though they lowered the price and okay, great, you can pick up an Apple TV 4K for 130 bucks, and sometimes it's on sale, you can get it for 100 bucks or less. Uh, no Apple TV, as far as I'm aware, to this day, comes with an HDMI cable. You have to buy that separately, and uh, it's kind of bizarre that they expect you to do that. I guess that's their way of offloading the cost onto the consumer, but I feel like that is the primary advantage of an Apple TV stick if it were to exist. You could straight up just not need a cable. I'm okay with Apple saying, all right, we don't want to ship a power cable and an HDMI cable, but if you could just ship a straight up port... You know, that's the plug, and it's just, it looks like a flash drive just with an HDMI on the other end. If you could just plug that straight into the back of the TV, now all the cabling you need for an Apple TV is a power cable, which is going to be there regardless, unless Apple finds a way, to, Apple finds a way to even, I don't know if it's even possible to power device completely through HDMI. Um, the iPod Shuffle was powered by headphone jack, if you can believe it. You literally, like, charge the iPod shuffle by plugging it into a headphone jack. It was weird. Um, I don't know if that's possible, but there, there's hope, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Now that they've upgraded the new Apple TVs to an A15 chip, and the A15 chip um, is so efficient that it doesn't need a fan anymore, so there's no more spinning, there's no more moving parts in the Apple TV, essentially. But I'm still personally kind of surprised it's as big as it is still, even though it's a fanless design, because... Like, you picture something like the iPhone 13 mini. That has an A15 chip in it. And that also has a display and a battery and cameras. And if you didn't have a battery, cameras, or screen to worry about, and you were just talking about the A13 chip itself, sorry, the A15 chip itself, it's a capable chip, it doesn't take up that much space inside the iPhone with the logic board and everything. Um, so I'm guessing it's just like the, the display drivers they need for the HDMI um, I'm okay if it's not the, the sleekest, smallest, you know, stick in the world, but, um, it would definitely increase the addressable market. It would get tvOS on more displays. And in a lot of ways, I feel like by Apple bringing the Apple TV app to a lot of third-party displays, uh, third-party TVs like Samsung and Roku, 
it's kind of just admitting that they don't need or have a desire for tvOS to more common to be more commonplace which is kind of funny because I thought that was Apple's whole mindset with tvOS was to create a apps you know an app store for televisions and developers would be more inclined to develop apps and, and write software for their app store if they knew that the tvOS platform was more widespread. But Apple TVs, as popular as they are, um, are still kind of pricey and I think still um, not quite eating into the market share because there's still a lot of people that are fine with Roku's and fine with Fire TVs because Apple TVs are kind of pricey for what they are. So if you could just imagine a Siri remote with USB-C and then something equally sized to the Siri remote um, that's an Apple TV stick, imagine how slim the packaging would be. Apple would save a fortune on just packaging alone. <laughs> Mike says HDMI 2.1 can power devices. See, there you go. Wouldn't even need a power cable. We wouldn't even need to ship a cord or a brick with that thing. You could just plug it in into the back and it just sticks out of the HDMI port and boom, your TV becomes a... Uh, tvOS machine. Ethan says, what about an Apple TV and a screen? I've wanted this for years. I've always been in favor of it. And thank you, Alex, for signing up for um, Tales of Tech Plus. I appreciate you. Um, I'll see you in the next member stream. But I'm pretty sure that the last time we talked about it, someone's argument was that, okay, Apple's not their own display manufacturer, which means that if Apple were to make a TV, they would basically have to they would basically have to partner with an existing TV manufacturer and just say, okay, we're going to put tvOS on this by default, which I'm not against, by the way. I'm like, okay, maybe you don't have complete control over it, but if you imagine the Pro Display XDR was a 32-inch monitor and they could charge $5,000 for that, if we expected Apple to make a 55-inch or 60-inch TV or 80-inch TV, can you imagine how crazy price that would be, right? Um, no, I, I don't think it scales exactly that same way. They would probably use different suppliers and stuff. Um, and it's definitely like, it would be cool to see Apple make their own display. But if your goal is to increase market share of tvOS, then making the stick is absolutely the way to do it. If Apple were to make their own dedicated television, I do think they should do it. Let me be clear. I think that would be cool to just have a television where you didn't have to put up with the crappy TV user interface and have it select... HDMI 1 to open the tvOS portion of it, you know, it would be great if it just booted into tvOS by default, and then just how you have apps on your Apple TV right now, it's like Apple Music, Settings, Photos, um, Apple TV, you know, you have all your apps, some of those apps could be HDMI 1, HDMI 2, HDMI 3, and that way you could plug in, you know, because Apple knows you're not going to use your TV just with tvOS. You, you want to have, um, some people still have cable TV. You might have a plug for that. Um, some people want to play on their PlayStation 5 or their Xbox. So you'd have the different inputs and you could open them straight from tvOS instead of having to go through the weird input thing. Wouldn't even need to ship with a remote. True. They could sell it for, sell it without a remote for even cheaper. Um, I know that the Siri remote costs 60 bucks, but I don't think that necessarily means if they remove the remote, they would have to subtract 60 bucks because it doesn't cost Apple 60 bucks. It just costs us 60 bucks. So maybe, maybe you could knock off like 30 or 40 bucks without a Siri remote. And then of course the design is smaller. doesn't need a cable anymore if it's 2.1 as the Apple TV is HDMI 2.1. So 
Um, yeah, I think there's a good way to do it, or I guess maybe not all TVs would have 2.1 necessarily. Um, but if Apple wants tvOS to be taken seriously, but which maybe they don't, you know, they didn't they didn't designate any time at uh, Dub Dub last year to tvOS. Maybe they're kind of giving up in that regard, but then at the same time they lowered prices and made this really compelling Apple TV 4K option last year. So I, I'm kind of having a hard time figuring out what they want to do, but you know, I know what I want with the iPad line. Everyone's just like, the hardware's great, it's the software. Everyone's mad about the software with iPads. With the Apple TV, I'm not that mad about the software, I just think they need a stick, you know? <laughs> I think that's the next inevitable upgrade. Um, and even though they've perfected the box design, you know, the box that sits on your TV stand, that's pretty great. I still don't think it it's an excuse for no stick. Um, yeah, that assumes everyone has a TV new enough to have HDMI 2.1 and people buying a TV stick probably don't have a fancy new TV. That's a good point. Um, it would either need a new chip design because an A-series chip probably wouldn't fit, which would be too expensive, or use an Apple Watch chip, which would be too weak. Tell me this, Jacob. How come they can fit an A15 chip in an iPhone 13 mini, and when I see teardowns of the iPhone 13 mini, the chip does not seem like that big a component? The biggest components of the 13 mini are the battery, the display you know, the camera system, the Taptic engine, all these things you don't need. If you if you just stripped a 13 mini down to the logic board of the A13 chip, what, I know that that's not everything you need, but how much circuitry and how much excess parts do you need just for an HDMI plug? I'm saying not, it doesn't need to have a hole because the stick doesn't need to have input, right? The, the, if you do the Apple TV box, you have to have a power supply and you have to have... A, input for the HDMI cable to like fit into with a stick it would be a, a plug so that just goes external so how small can you make that power supply or you could go the HomePod mini approach HomePod mini has the external power supply I believe because it just relies on the 20 watt brick so the the plug that goes into the wall could be the the power supply that way you don't need to bake that into the device. Because right now with the Apple TV box, um, I think the power supply is internal. Um, Apple TV is becoming pretty great at this point. It's it's good, but it's not as good as it could be, basically. <laughs> How do I like the steel on my iPhone? I love touching them when I go to the store. No, I never like the steel. I still want aluminum. Um, let's see. I would love to be able to use the remote with a Mac when connected to a display. No, that's a great point. I, I don't know why they can't just... Why can't they just put uh, tvOS on the studio display? It has the chip for it. Um, it has a display. If you could just switch your remote over, just be like tvOS mode, and now you have like a little mini TV, or Max could run tvOS. Why not? It doesn't have to be the most useful feature in the world, but it doesn't hurt anything. If the stick version would use almost the exact same hardware as the regular Apple TV, what would make it cheaper? Because the shell isn't that expensive. Um, it wouldn't need to accommodate for, I guess, the internal power supply because it would rely on an external brick or, um, I guess my question is why is the Apple TV as big as it is when we know that the A13, A15 chip is capable of working in a very small design? I'm, I'm confused. Like, I don't understand why it needs to be this big personally. Um... I'm good, Situalizer. Thanks for asking. One weird thing is that the Apple TV uses less power than a Fire Stick. Yeah, the Fire. Yeah, the Fire Stick is small. 
they can make that work. Um, wouldn't even need to ship a remote. You could use your phone as a remote, I guess. A Mac plugged into a display can do everything an Apple TV can do and much more. Why would a studio display need to run tvOS? Because tvOS is more clean and remote friendly and macOS is not. Like with a Mac, you have to get up and get on the keyboard. A TV, I can sit back on my bed or on my couch and just use my phone as a remote to open things and open Apple TV apps and open the Disney Plus app. Going to like on a Mac, I'd have to go to DisneyPlus.com, sign in. I guess I could take the keyboard and mouse and back it up like this and then try to work it on my desk. I'm like, no. Just as an option, tvOS is very remote friendly and uh, far away friendly. You don't have to be super close to the display to get stuff queued up and things. And our Macs have great displays and great sound systems, so to just turn it into a little mini TV, a lot of people like having those little mini televisions in their bedrooms and stuff. Um, that's why you need an Apple mouse. It's great for using your MacBook when it's hooked up to your TV. Still, having to like get the mouse pad out and like try to have a little uh, table tray or something for you to use your keyboard and mouse on. It's like, no, I'd just rather use the little Siri remote. The Siri remote's great. Um, because Apple is slow. Uh, that's why, you, let's see, why Apple doesn't have Type-C headphones? Uh, because they think AirPods are the future, I guess. Um, I wish AirPods Max were Type-C. That's a great question. I don't know why they're not. There's a version of USB-C that supports uh, analog, so you could do lossless audio playback to AirPods Max if they had USB-C, but they went with Lightning, and Lightning doesn't have an analog version, so that's why you can't listen to lossless music on your AirPods Max. How much do you think an Apple TV stick would cost? I would assume $99 seems like the sweet spot because that's what the HomePod Mini costs, um, and right now the Apple TV box is... Uh, $130. So I'm not saying it's it um substantially cheaper. Like I'm not I'm not saying it would like cut the price in half. I'm just suggesting, you know, like a 30% price reduction, I guess. For Apple to make a cheaper stick version and not ruin the sales of current Apple TVs, they would need a weaker version that couldn't play games and maybe use a cheap Apple Watch chip. But, like, I still can't get a good answer. Why, like, if you can fit... Think of how small an iPhone 13 mini is, right? It's smaller than the iPhone SE. That little... And it's thin. It's much thinner than the Apple TV. And the biggest components of that iPhone are the battery, the display, and then around that you've got, like, the chassis because you got to hold the thing, and you've got cameras, and you've got the Taptic engine, and you've got the lightning port, and speakers all around on the top and bottom. In front, you know, face ID and all that. If you stripped everything except the chip and it didn't need a battery, didn't need a display, didn't need speakers, didn't need a Taptic engine, what about that chip needs the amount of space that the Apple TV 4K currently has? I don't think it needs to switch to a weaker chip, to be honest. Like, I, why does the chip need to be... Why does it need that big of a, a chassis surrounding it? I think that they just reused the chassis from the old days and just took the fan out for manufacturing efficiency. They probably just didn't want to redesign the Apple TV from the ground up. I mean, it sounds like they made it thinner, but I think the footprint is basically the same size. So they like reused a lot of components, but I don't know. Maybe we need to look at some uh, Apple TV 4K um, teardown. Uh, let's see. 2022. 
I'm I'm curious. I've seen the 2021, but I can't figure out why. Yeah, when they took the fan out. I mean, I'm looking right now at the old version. This is the 2021. It's like, okay, you've got this log logic board here. That's the remote, so don't count the remote. You've got this big old fan, which they took out on the new one. And it seems like they need a certain amount of um, width in order to accommodate for these ports and plugs. But uh, see how thin that is? <clears throat> Excuse me. A15 chip is even more efficient than what they used in the, the A12 chip back in those days. So I think there is a way to do it. Uh, a stick would look less premium. I don't think you're looking at the box. It's just a box. You're not like it's powering the TV. It's like saying the Mac Mini would look less premium if they made it smaller. It's like who cares? It's a box. Um, needs a vapor chamber, heat sink, and a 120 watt fan of which I play Elden Ring. <laughs> oh right, the vapor chamber for my Disney Plus machine. Apple will do Apple things. Um, how do I explain to my dad that when I buy an Apple TV, it doesn't come with a TV? <laughs> I mean, that's been a problem for years. This doesn't really solve that, but Apple TV Nano S8 chip size of watch ultra approximately runs tvOS limited selection of third-party apps powered by USB-C. Use your iPhone as a remote, $79. Powered by USB-C. I mean, yeah, that would be better. I just, I'm not convinced that we need an Apple Watch chip in order to get the price down. Like, I think you can get it down without that. A15 chip's pretty efficient. They got it in a 13 mini. And they got it in the Apple TV, so it's not the chip part. Um, older MacBook Pros 2012 and older had an IR receiver for compatibility with Apple TV remotes. That's right! I remember that! My uh, my first iMac I had, which was like a 2007, it was a 17-inch iMac. That's right. It's like one inch bigger than my MacBook, but it was a desktop. And white bezels. Ugh, I hated it. But it did have a receiver... And I remember using the old Apple remote with it, and I could actually control the volume of my iMac from the little remote. It was pretty cool. Um, I would like a stick. It would be easier to switch it between different TVs in my house. Oh, that's a good point. If you could just pop, pop it out, pop it in somewhere, to, somewhere else. That's a good idea. An Apple Watch chip should be powerful enough for streaming and airplay. Mm, I mean, I could understand there being, like, certain sound systems that people want to plug into, but, you know, it's probably requires a certain amount for HDR, 4K, Dolby Atmos and stuff, but there is probably too much, I will admit that there is likely too much of an emphasis on gaming with the Apple TV when very, very, very few people are using their Apple TV for gaming. I just see no evidence that that's going anywhere. Um... S8 isn't for price, it's for size, heat, power draw. A-series chips have higher power draw and heat output than the S-series. But as mentioned earlier, the Fire TV stick uses more power than the Apple TV does. And you can fit an A15 chip in a 13 mini, which is way, way smaller. If you just look at... Here, let me pull this up. Um, look at how much space in the iPhone 13 mini... Um, we don't need music. Like, let me show you guys. This is the A15 chip. 
and look at how little of the total phone it actually takes up. You know, this is a very small device. So what makes the A15 chip so hot, I guess is my question, that it can't be put into a stick when you can put it into something. Okay, there. They're taking out like that's the that's the stick. We have it here, folks. <laughs> He's pulling all that out. There it is. That's the stick I want. It's the L-shaped classic dump. It could be kind of a bulky stick, but it would just clean up the line. It would just clean up the TV stands by quite a bit, in my opinion. Um, if I designed the TV stick, I would put a 2013 Intel Pentium, but that's just me. Um, the chip in the Apple Watch is ancient. The S8 is the same as the S7, and the S7 is the same as the S6. The rumor is the S9 will also be the same. I think for Apple Watches, the S chip is fine because your Apple Watch is not doing that much complicated. Um, there's no camera, so it doesn't really benefit from computational photography um, uh, uh, performance. You know how the CPU and GPU and neural cores are activated when you take certain pictures. Apple Watch isn't taking pictures, so it doesn't utilize any of that. Um, and it's not gaming and it's not doing like high frame rate, uh, renders. So for the Apple watch, the S six chip is still plenty fast. And I think even if the S nine is just a rebranded S six chip, there's not much more they need it to do that. The main focus for the Apple watch is on efficiency. How do you make the chip consume less power? And Apple tends to be the best in the efficiency game. So if they can't find a way to top the S six chip, then there's probably just not something in existence. Um, it's fine for the Apple Watch, but might be lacking for a TV stick. Yeah, I just, I haven't seen a good argument that the A-Series chip is too hot. A-Series chip would get too hot running 4K inside much a small space. But look at the 13 Mini. That doesn't have a fan, and it's way smaller than the Apple TV, like volumetrically. It's a very thin design. Uh, that doesn't have active cooling or anything. Um, they don't need to upgrade S-Chip because they don't really add many features to the watch. Well, it's all just like health features and stuff, but you don't really need a bunch of CPU or GPU performance to measure people's oxygen levels and stuff. Um, let's see. Saw my first Apple Watch Ultra in the wild today. Really? I see a lot of YouTube people wearing Apple Watch Ultras, but I don't think I've seen anyone in the wild, but I, I'm not, you know, going out in the wild all that much either. <laughs> What if Apple TV with mirroring feature comes as an app in a smart TV store and it costs money? Apple TV with mirroring comes as an app? Well, they can already add AirPlay to third-party TVs. And they already have the Apple TV app available for free, so I don't think that would change. I doubt thermals are an issue, plus with how thin the board is compared to an HDMI port, they could put passive cooling in the space left in the chassis. Yeah, we're talking external power supply, so that would take out some of the space... I haven't seen someone do a teardown of the 2022 Apple TV, but I don't understand why it's as big as it is. The Mini doesn't display 4K content to a 4K stream for hours at a time. Yeah, but it's much thinner. And I mean, the Apple TV teardown mostly seems to be a combination for ports and um, fans. So you just replace speakers, replace Taptic Engine, replace battery. It can be a little bit of a wide stick. I don't think it needs to be like the tiniest. It doesn't need to be like, you know, um, the size of an iPod shuffle or something. But um, there's no fan in the current Apple TV. So I'm not sure why we're worried about it overheating. Um, like what 
what about that design lets the, a, the A15 chip is cool enough, right? It doesn't have a battery producing heat as well. That's true. Apple TV doesn't have a, a battery to get hot or 5G modems to worry about. Um, basically, if Amazon can do it, why can't Apple? Exactly. That's my thought process. Uh I think it's possible. My guess is just that the Apple TV, similar to how, remember when Apple switched the Mac Mini to the M1 chip? It was like, oh, cool, there's this really affordable, really powerful Mac. They did teardowns, and there was not that much, like, useful space. Like, they left a bunch of empty space inside the M1 Mac Mini because the M1 chip didn't need that much cooling, didn't need that much space, So, but they wanted to reuse the chassis of the old Mac Mini design. So to reuse as many parts as possible, they just left a bunch of empty space inside the Apple TV. Very anti-Steve Jobs, very pro-Tim Cook. Tim Cook is all about simplifying supply chains and scaling up production. Um, and in that same way, they probably reused a lot of the same manufacturing lines for the new Apple TV, even though it's not necessarily the best use of space. That's my guess. The Fire TV sticks are painfully slow, but Apple is typically the type of company that makes the most... Uh, powerful and energy efficient chips you can get and Apple's also very known for their compact small form factors right they like took the Mac Pro and they were able to beat its performance in the Mac Studio which can actually fit on your desk whereas the Mac Pro is more of an under desk machine you know that's a tower that goes on the floor Mac Studio is small enough to fit on your desk so if Apple's so good at miniaturizing and shrinking things and making things efficient why can't they figure out the stick route, whereas there's Roku sticks and Fire TV sticks? And yes, the performance isn't good, but I still feel like Apple would get the stick better than anybody. Um, and that's why it would probably cost more than anybody. But with Apple Silicon as efficient as it is, um, and we know how small these chips uh, can get and how thermally um, well they can perform in wireless charging situations, 5G situations, you know, those 13 minis can get really hot and the chip can still perform pretty well. Um, if it doesn't have a 60 hertz display to worry about, you know, maybe you could just say, here, here's, a, here's a compromise for you, all right? So Dylan was saying earlier that it doesn't have to output at this resolution and stuff. All right, the A15 chip, which is capable of powering, um, what's the resolution? I, they put the A15 chip in the iPhone, the, the phone I'm, I forgot, I'm using an iPhone 13 Pro Max right now, um, that's powered by an A15 chip, and uh, I forget which GPU cord, I gotta compare some tech specs here, here, we're gonna do some hunting, we got <laughs> I gotta look around Apple's website real quick, that can power a 6.7 inch display, um, did they go into resolutions? Yeah, so it's not 4K, but it is 2700 by 1200 um, at 60 hertz. And actually, sorry, on the 13 Pro Max, the A15 chip is capable of powering um, 120 hertz at, okay, not 4K, but 2700 by 1200. And you guys keep saying maybe a scaled down version of the chip or using an Apple Watch chip or whatever so that it's not as good at gaming. How about this? To make it not as good at gaming, how about it's an A15 chip in an Apple TV, but we we lock it to like 60 hertz for animation, but everything else is 30 hertz. Like most of the content you're watching is going to be 24 FPS or 30 FPS. 
maybe it can handle 60 FPS YouTube videos, but maybe not at 4K. Um, you could just limit it to cover the basics. Um, but the fact that they can get a, like, uh, nearly 1440p display to 120 FPS in a phone means that getting a 4K display to run at 30 hertz should be a piece of cake. Um, I don't think that should be that complicated. Uh, let's see. They will limit the stick to 1080p anyway. That might be a decent compromise to say, okay, just no 4K, but eh, I still think it's possible. Um, you think Apple would be willing to do a really cheap version of the stick limited to 1080p or 1440p? I think 4K could be prioritized, but maybe not like... They could they could price they could price out something else like Dolby Atmos or 4K HDR content only works on the on the box but the stick just does regular 4K I think that would probably please most people um, I'm saying only do 30 hertz when you're playing content when you're like navigating the UI or, or or stuff just keep it to 30 because most people are watching stuff that's at 24 FPS or 30 FPS. You're all watching a 30 FPS live stream right now. The Apple Watch is probably powerful enough to power a TV. That I'm not so sure about because, like, okay, the S8 chip is decent at running a Apple Watch, but this is not even this is not even 720p. So what makes you so sure that the chip in this thing is capable of doing 4K 60? Like I don't know. A stick could have 4K but leave out Dolby and HDR10. Yeah, Joshua had my idea already. Um, price it under 90, uh, price it under a hundred bucks, basically. Even if Apple could make a stick with the same performance as the current Apple TV, they wouldn't want to because it means they would make less profits. Well, I mean, that's the whole battle that we're always talking about with Apple is like, well, do you price something lower so that the addressable market is bigger and then you make more money? Um, otherwise like Apple obviously sells cheap versions of things. You could say, why does Apple sell the iPad nine? They could make more money if they just sold the iPad air and pro. Well, turns out the iPad nine is actually the best seller. So that means that there's a huge market of people that are not willing to buy the iPad air pro, but there's a with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
a very large market of people willing to buy the iPad 9, so therefore revenue grows. There might be a very similar situation where, yeah, 130, 150 bucks for an Apple TV, that's a bit steep, but maybe if it's 80 bucks or 70 bucks, addressable market goes up. Jacob, thank you for the super chat. I think the problem with the stick is there are people like me who mount their TV to the wall and there isn't enough space between the TV and wall for stick. I also mount my TV to the wall, but there's absolutely room for it. For, just so we're clear, like most HDMI ports on TVs that I've seen in recent history, the HDMI port is not facing out, like perpendicular from the panel. It's usually facing parallel. So you just plug it into the, where does the cable plug in? You know, if the cable can plug in, that cable has to go out to the side. So most TVs I've seen have HDMI ports facing outward, in which case there would be room for the stick. Oh, it's obvious they'll leave out Apple Music Sing, so everyone will still want the box. Oh, gotcha. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think the A15 could do 4K at 62, especially if it doesn't have a battery or modems or anything like that to overheat right next to it. Um, does my MacBook ever get hot? Oh, yeah. It gets hot all the time, but the fans never get very loud. Um, A10X could do 4K at 60, and A15 would have no problem. That That's a good point. The A10X chip did do 4K at 60. The only difference is the A10X chip had an active cooling system in place um, on the Apple TV. But it, it should be mentioned that they also used the A10X in the 2017 12.9-inch iPad Pro, which was over 1440p. That was a 2.7K display. And they were capable of running it at 120 hertz. So if you could do 2.7K at 120, doing 4K at 60 doesn't sound like that big a stretch. Um, put the M1 in it. Put the M1 in it. <laughs> Just ship the stick with the crappy old thin remote that bent with the flat seal on it. That will make a good decoy. Oh, yeah. What a great idea. I think you hit the nail on the head with the Tim Cook mindset. Apple most likely has a bunch of TV box chassis to exhaust before jumping into a TV screen or stick. Yeah, that's what I'm most convinced by. Seeing how capable the A15 chip is, it's still being shipped on $1,000 iPhones, right? It's not a slow chip. Oh, that's what I was going to look up. Um, the A15 and the 13 Pro Max is what I was using as an example. It has a 5-core GPU and a 6-core CPU, but... Okay, so that's the 5-core GPU version. What does the A15 chip in the Apple TV have? I forget. Um, I want to check real quick because I can't remember. Learn more. Tech specs. They say, does it say which A15? No, it doesn't. Oh, that's confusing. Okay, does anyone know? <laughs> it just says A15. It doesn't say... Yeah... It has HDMI 2.1, Bluetooth 5. Yeah, but it is a built-in power supply. I think you could make it a stick very easily if it didn't have a built-in power supply. That was part of the reason they were able to make the HomePod Mini so small, in case you were wondering. Did they say it somewhere in here? Let me find the part where they have the... Okay, arcade, multi-layer support, Apple. Um, okay, surround sound and all that. Okay, we don't need this. Okay. Yeah, they don't really... They don't talk about which GPU core they gave it. Because there's a... Basically, there's a version of the A15 chip with a 4-core GPU. They're probably using that one because it's so cheap, but... I don't think the GPU would help the 
video output all that much, to be honest. Um, you looked it up. I don't know where you're getting four cores, but I believe you. Do we really think it'd be called an Apple TV Stick or Apple TV Mini? I guess Mini makes more sense. That would go along with the HomePod Mini. But yeah, the original HomePod, you know, the big one, that had an internal power supply, which is why the power cord for it is so thin and it just takes up a little space. But the HomePod Mini needs that 20-watt brick on the outside, so the plug is a lot bigger. Um, There's so many Fitness Plus ads. Uh, Let me see if I can show you guys that like it should be in the like what's in the box yeah basically uh homepod mini has a 20 watt power adapter and the original homepod did not that was just a power cord that was hard connected to the homepod um so that would probably save a lot of space uh five cpu cores and five gpu cores caleb pinged me it's okay i believe you I have a 1080p Apple TV with an A8 chip and the UI is still very fluid. So are the apps. Yeah, I don't think the UI being fluid and apps and stuff is that complicated. I don't think that's the tricky part. Um, I think it's Tim being resourceful and recycling his old design. So hats off to Tim for being efficient in recycling. <laughs> but um, I think it's time maybe in 2023 or maybe in 2024 to update it with just a stick. Should be good enough. Just a tiny version of the current box Apple TV Mini. Yeah, just little, little one. That would be kind of hilarious. But uh, I wanted to remind you guys that for Talos of Tech Pro members, I will address comments made even if they're not available. So this one's a little off topic, but we, I, I, feel, I feel like I've reached a natural conclusion for my Apple TV stick rant. Um, but this is from Marngel. I don't know if they're here, but thank you, Marngel, for the question. Uh highlight this a little bit with all of the recent eu regulations passing that's forcing apple to open up their devices literally and figuratively i feel like they're basically going after apple's ideology of making a lockdown ecosystem of, of products that work well together with minimal thinking from the user in other words the eu is basically ruling that making an ecosystem is a monopolistic practice with this in mind the apple ecosystem could be at risk of falling apart if the eu continues to regulate uh, apple the way they're doing I mean, I, th I think there's some right to concern there. Um, like I could see, let me see if anything's held for review. Because sometimes people ask questions on those posts and they don't show up. So I apologize. if you, if Please let me know through Twitter, Discord, or somewhere else. Let me know if you ask a question and it's not showing up on those posts. But um, I, I think that the EU is... Like, I'm in favor of USB-C, so I wasn't complaining about that. But on other things of, like, how easy does it need to be to replace the battery in an iPhone, like, once you start pushing that boundary, I could see it start impacting the design more and more. And, you know, I think Apple cares about making their ecosystem very simple and easy to understand. So that's likely going to continue to be a priority for them, even with these EU laws. Um but I think it might start reaching a point where it uh, begins compromising the hardware, um, particularly with uh, that kind of thing with like battery replacements. I know that a lot of people just want battery replacements to be simple and easy, but um, there's certain things that you kind of ha have a hard time prioritizing with repairability when you're building something at scale like the iPhone is. Um, so it, it's kind of cool that they are trying to make it easier to service those batteries, um, over time. But like, uh, 
I guess I'm I'm kind of fascinated to see how the iPhone design might be influenced by different countries' regulations. And at that point, you might have uh, a more uh, open source, less locked down, um, I guess more off the path of what Apple wants their hardware to be version of the iPhone in the EU, which is kind of why I made a skit about that a few uh, a while a while ago about the EU phone versus the iPhone. The EU just takes over Apple and the EU runs Apple at that point. And they say, yeah, we're going to design all the software and we're going to de design all the hardware now. Um, but it does make me wonder, like, at what point can a company have an advantage, right? Like Apple's big advantage, I would say, is like their software and their app store and their ecosystem support. But if the EU comes in and says, no, no, we can't do that anymore. Um, then what, what is a company allowed to have as an advantage? What, what if a company has really great cameras and their cameras are way better than everybody else? Uh, does that mean they have an unfair advantage and then the EU is going to say, no, everybody needs to have those cameras or one phone has battery life that's way better than everybody else? Like, I don't like where do you draw the line? Where do you say, OK, that's a fair advantage to have over your competitors, but this is an unfair advantage. Is an unfair advantage basically any advantage that succeeds, any advantage that really pays off? Then the EU enters and says, no, you can't do that. Um, closed ecosystem equals we're in prison. Well, I just think it's funny that like people say Apple's a walled garden and you know we're stuck in the Apple ecosystem. Oh, cool, Marjel is here, but um, at the same time, it's like it's working. Like iPhone market share is growing. iPhone sales are doing pretty great, despite a lot of our complaints about the hardware. Um, I think that it's not necessarily the hardware is the reason, but it's the software and the intuitiveness of it. Oh, thank you, Moon River, for signing up for Tales of Tech Pro. I appreciate that. That's nice of you. Very kind of you. I got to add your name to the end credits. I apologize. Um, you're probably not going to be in the end credits of the next tech video because I may have already finished it. But the one after the next one, you'll be in that one. Um, Joshua says, how do you get... It's just the first link in the description, but don't do it. It's not worth it. Um, banning 8K TVs. That's one I, I kind of agree with, though. <laughs> 8K is kind of stupid. I mean, it's a weird thing to regulate, in my opinion, because their main argument against 8K TVs is that they use too much energy. And I'm like, if you're worried about electricity consumption, TVs are nowhere near the, the top consumer of power in households. Um, as more and more households are going electric with their cars, EVs are by far going to be the biggest uh, consumer of electricity. After that, it's HVAC systems. After that, it's refrigerators. After that, it's probably, you know, it would make more sense in my head to regulate, like, graphics cards, like these RTX GPUs and how much power these gaming PCs are using with their, like, 1,000-watt power supplies and how people run their... I was like, if you're going to regulate TVs... I mean, I haven't looked into exactly how much electricity 8K TVs use, but it's... From what I know about 4K TV electricity consumption it's not very much basically anything that makes a lot of heat or a lot of uh cooling changing temperature is like the, usually the household's biggest energy consumption not displays it's not like your your iMac is going to use substantially more power than your MacBook i mean a little bit but not that much so it's a weird thing to to regulate but i did find it kind of funny cuz i think 8k is mostly pretty stupid and doesn't need to be on TVs um, 
It's only a walled garden if you invest all of your money in Apple, but it's still a pretty nice garden. Well, yeah, the example I always described it as was, okay, yeah, Apple's a walled garden and they make it hard to leave, but everything outside of the garden is just like a desolate wasteland. Like, if you would rather be stranded in the desert with no water or in a walled garden, I would pick the walled garden. That's how I feel about all the alternatives. It's like, yeah, that's... All that other hardware and software, like the resale value of Android phones is pretty crappy. They don't get as many years of software support as iPhones do. Um, you don't have an ecosystem as as simple or as easy or as capable. You know, you don't have laptops with as battery life as good as MacBooks. You don't have AirDrop. Um, you don't have that simple iMessage integration between everything. You don't have the Apple Watch unlocking your phone. You don't have Apple Pay um, Apple Watch unlocking your Mac, you know, if, if everything outside of the ecosystem is just worse, then that's why I consider it a wasteland. It's like, it's a, okay, I'll take the walled garden over being left in the desert with nothing. Um, do I think Apple will remove the charging port after a few years of USB-C and go wireless charging? I have a hard time saying never, but I don't think it's as close as we think. Like, I think that there's too many advantages to having a port on a phone. Um, there's like use cases that open up by having a port and there's energy efficiency gains, which again, I don't think matters that much in phones. Like some people say, no, wireless charging is worse for the environment. I'm like, I mean, slightly, but our, our smartphones consume so little power. It's barely like your, your microwave is probably worse for the environment than wireless charging just because of microwaving food uses a decent amount of electricity but you know like it's a small amount but apple went that route you know that apple in introduced a feature on ios called clean energy charging so your phone will intentionally not charge to full until it knows that you're at a i haven't seen it do anything differently but that's probably just because i live in an area that i know for a fact is powered by a lot of renewable energy so because of that, it probably just charges like normal. But if you're going to bake in features to iOS about how this toggle will save energy, and this is better for the environment to have this toggle turned on, then, yeah, you kind of can make the case that there's more energy losses with MagSafe. And it's not as efficient, and it's a bit more clunky if you want to use the phone while you're charging. If there's other accessories like microphones, or you want to use it as a camera, or you know, power the phone uh, during different uh, use cases. Um, there's there's a lot of reasons to keep the port. Not that many to get rid of it, in my opinion. Like, the best argument of getting rid of it is, okay, water resistance can go up a little bit, but our phones are pretty water resistant already. And what's preventing... Um, the biggest problem with water resistance on our iPhones is actually not typically with the port. It has more to do with the speakers. The speakers are the first thing that get damaged when you take your iPhone in great depths. I know this from firsthand experience. I swam about a year ago now, actually, I swam with my 13 Pro Max in saltwater in the Caribbean, and I took it like 20, 25 feet deep with no case, and the speakers were pretty screwed up for about four or five days. But after that days, it cleared up and it was fine. But um, the port was not what I was worried about. It was more the speakers. Uh, yeah, Apple Watch compatibility and stuff. I tried Samsung a couple months ago, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> I don't hate Android. I just don't think it's better. It's like Android's fine. It gets the job done. Um, I feel different about Windows, though. Uh, MQBHD still thinks we'll never get a USB-C iPhone. 
I encourage people to read the EU regulation more closely because for some reason, I don't know who pushed this narrative, but someone got it in their heads that because Qi 2 has magnets, that means Apple doesn't have to switch to USB-C. That has nothing to do with the EU law. All it is is Apple saying, here's the MagSafe standard. You can use it for the next Qi wireless charging standard. They gave it up. And because it's available now to the public um, through the wireless power consortium, that means that Apple does not make money off of Qi 2. If it was Apple the one that was profiting, they would be announcing it on Apple Newsroom. But you notice Apple didn't make an announcement about it. It's because Apple's not profiting off of that. They just submitted the documents and the design and said, yeah, everybody can use it. It is not an excuse. It doesn't mean, okay, now we have a wireless charging standard that everybody could use because they already had that. Qi was available on Androids before it was on iPhones, and then iPhones adopted it. So there already was a universal charging standard. I don't know why people thought Qi 2 would change that. Um, it's just a different standard. It's just a newer standard with magnets. That's all. That doesn't change the law. Um, based on... I, I'm personally very happy and very excited that basically all the leakers right now and all of the analysts are all in agreement that the iPhone is switching to Type-C. It's not confirmed, you know, Apple might pull a fast one on us and the leakers have been wrong before, but there is not a single leaker or a single analyst right now, there's not anybody claiming that Apple's going to stick with Lightning this year. All of them, like the Shrimp Apple Pro, Ming-Chi Kuo, Mark Gurman, everybody's saying like, no, yeah, it's Type-C across the lineup. Kuo is the one saying that they're going to use a slow version of USB-C on the cheap iPhones and a fast version on the Pros, but... No one is saying they're keeping Lightning, which makes me feel good. I, that increases the likelihood, I, I guess. If the EU is going to ban 8K TVs, they should regulate Intel and AMD to be less power-hungry. I know that would honestly be a similar argument. Um, frankly, Android is barely tolerable without Samsung One UI. I've heard a lot of people say the Pixel 7 was the best Android phone. Um, MagSafe is also significantly more efficient than standard Qi, at least. I have an old... Mophie 7.5 watt wireless charger that needed a 25 watt power supply. Don't know how much it actually used. Yeah, when you align the coils properly, there's less losses, but there is always going to be losses. You cannot get Qi charging of any kind, even with magnets, even with perfectly aligned coils. You will never get it to the same um, energy conversion rate of just a cable to a battery pack because the pins are directly touching whereas with chi there's physical distance between the pins and, and there's, there's no pins they're just coils and because of that distance that has to go through the pad through the glass and there's a lot of heat loss in that there will always be energy losses with magsafe but yeah magsafe has less energy loss than typical chi um i would trust uh most leaks this early remember 14 pro leaks at this time were not accurate oh you would not trust them yeah, I'm not saying that it's concrete evidence like this confirms it, but it would be more of a debate in my head if there was at least like one source, you know, if one leaker was saying actually Apple's going to keep lightning this year. That's not happening though. Although around this time last year, we got the first reports about Dynamic Island. I called it the eye hole back then because I didn't realize they were going to combine the two cutouts in software, but it was about January when we got the reports that the pros would have that pill-shaped camera cutout. And it was also in January when they told us that the 14 and 14 Plus, again, in January, they said that there would be a 6.7-inch iPhone with a 60 hertz display. That ended up being true. That happened. And that it would keep the notch. 
and that the pill would just be on the pros. So I know that it's not purely accurate and there's lots of things that change and end up being wrong, but it should be mentioned that there is there was still a lot of reports in January of last year that ended up being true. At least the hardware was accurate. Um, the software, we, we didn't predict the uh, implementation of Dynamic Island, but um, the hardware of there being two cutouts instead of a notch on the pros and a notch in two sizes and they got rid of the mini, that was all b being talked about in January. Thunderbolt on iPhone Pro, but same as the M1 iPad Pro, the iOS couldn't take the advantage of it. I think it can as long as we're going to advertise one terabyte iPhones. If it, I don't think a Thunderbolt on the iPhone is unreasonable if you're going to buy it a one terabyte model. It's like if you're going to put that much data on the phone, then yeah, Thunderbolt's actually kind of useful because you're probably recording in ProRes and if you're backing up photos to your device or what have you, to your Macs, then having a very fast way to offload all of that data is, is a perk. So Thunderbolt is as pointless as one terabyte to me. If you think Thunderbolt's dumb, then you should also think one terabyte's dumb. But um, it doesn't hurt anything to have it, in my opinion. Like, why not? Uh, even cables have energy loss through heat. They do, but substantially less. Way, way, way less than, Qi, uh, than MagSafe or Qi charging. If ceiling fans still use power, Qi will always have a loss. Some concept called induction. Yes. Uh, there's always some losses, of course, but a wire will always have less losses than the inductive method. I bought the one terabyte model last year. Yeah, if you're going to put that much storage on a phone, then having a quick way to get it off is a good idea. Um, strange that this is a big deal where I believe that Android phones already have wireless charging. Why didn't Android just put magnets on the back of their phones as well? They could have. Um, I think some almost did. I don't think it was intentional, but the Pixel uh, was somewhat compatible with MagSafe like you could just take a MagSafe puck and put it on the back of a pixel and it would charge it hey thank you Joshua for signing up for Talos of Tech Plus I really appreciate that thank you I hate Samsung now because I had one of their phones called 911 while I was trying to fix it oh yikes that's not good uh James says I don't hate Android I just choose not to touch it with a 10 foot ball <laughs> fair enough okay uh, have we heard much news about the AirPods Max 2? Feels weird that the AirPods Pro 2 have better noise cancellation than the current Maxes. Actually, we've heard nothing until like this past week, but it was a big nothing burger of a report. Basically, Ming-Chi Kuo just tweeted that um, Apple is working on AirPods Max 2. That's all he said. It wasn't like, oh, is it going to have Type-C? Is it going to be cheaper? Is it going to have the H2 chip? None of that. No. No details of any kind. He just said, AirPods Max 2 is in the works. And he also said that uh, they're working on a cheaper version of AirPods, AirPods Lite or something that would be $99. I don't know if I have a... I, but he is talking pretty far out. I think he said that AirPods Max 2 isn't going to be ready until 2024. So it's not coming this year. So, so much can change in that amount of time. And I think I remember that... Um, at a certain point, there, there was talk that Apple was going to make cheaper AirPods and then it never turned into anything. I think I remember reading about AirPods Lite being a thing back in 2019. Uh, by the end of 2020, Apple's going to have a cheaper version of AirPods and then it never went anywhere. I was like, okay, yeah, maybe they just decided, well, just sell last year's AirPods for cheaper. That's probably the best way to go about it. Um, it's crazy to think that Lightning was released on the iPhone 5 and we're already moving to the iPhone 15. It overstayed its welcome, in my opinion. It's been around way too long. Why do we have different chips for badges? 
well, YouTube wants me to have a badge design for channel members that changes as, as you continue to subscribe. And um, I thought that because we talk about Apple Silicon so much that it made the most amount of sense for those chips to get faster and bigger and faster as, as your subscription continued. I don't know. I, I'm going for an Apple theme here. AirPods Pro Lite are probably AirPods 3. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a... That was what they called it. Everyone said they were going to do a cheaper version of AirPods Pro, and that never happened. It was just AirPods 3. I'm just imagining Apple TV remote with MagSafe. No ports, more accessories, maybe back charging from an iPhone, a room for creativity. I just think that the portless idea doesn't get very far. It just kind of takes away a bunch of use cases and then doesn't replace them with very much. It's like, okay, it's a little more water-resistant, it looks a little cleaner, I guess, to not have a hole at the bottom. But other than that, it's just kind of worse in every way. Like, okay, now it's harder to diagnose the device. Now it's harder to um, charge the device if you don't have a MagSafe puck. And USB-C is definitely way more widespread than MagSafe is. So, yeah. I remember your complaints about the Gen 1 Siri remote. Have you seen the silicone remote cases on Amazon? You can add an AirTag to the Gen 1 Siri remote, protect the glass. Okay, or you could just get the new Siri remote that doesn't have glass. If you're going to spend money, that's how I would do it, personally. And you can get it with Type-C. I, I, my biggest problem wasn't necessarily just the glass, but it was also the trackpad approach. I was comfortable. I, I'm a weird techie guy who can learn how to make uh, this the trackpad Siri remote work. But whenever my wife or when family members were over or friends were over and they were using the Siri remote, it was not very intuitive. And that's what I like about the new Siri remote is that it has the traditional D-pad. If you don't want to do the fancy swiping with the trackpad and all that, you can just click up, down, left, right like a normal remote does. And anytime we have family and friends over, they pick that up right away. Like it's very intuitive. And there's a mute button and a power button on the new Siri remote, which the old Siri remote doesn't have. So that... The Amazon cases don't solve all my problems with it. It solves one problem with it, but I'd rather just... The solution is the new Siri remote. That's what I want. Um, flash forward to 2043, and the Galaxy S7000 has brain-powered charging and no ports. <laughs> Wonderful. I remember being really excited about wireless charging around the time of iPhone 7. Now the only wireless charging things I have are the iPhone and the watch. Well, I thought that it was going to scale a lot better, you, you know? Like, I was really pumped for air power because I thought, like, okay, right now we can only charge with this one little charging coil, but in the future we can turn, like, an entire desk and we'll have air power ultra. And, you know, you can just drop your MacBook on the desk and it starts charging and you can drop your iPad on the desk and it starts charging and everything's just going to seamlessly charge and you don't even think about it. But then several years went by and we started realizing how complicated it is to get a large surface that can wirelessly charge things. And once I realized like, yeah, this isn't very practical and scalable because that would be absurdly expensive if you wanted a desk that was capable of charging anything you put down on it. That would be like a $10,000 desk basically. And um, basically I'm convinced that cables are going to be around, um, you know, and if you're going to have ports and we're going to, you know, Apple's bringing back ports to the MacBook Pros, which means that we're probably going to have those ports for quite some time. If you're going to have ports, 
you might as well have the best possible port, right? Like just, if you're gonna have one, get one port that's small, reversible, bilateral, and it can do everything. It can do audio, it can do video, it can do power. Um, it's like, as far as port and cables go, Thunderbolt and everything is is the best iteration of all cables and ports, in my opinion. Unless we get into the EV charging world, but we won't go there. <laughs> um, why you can't charge the remote with an Apple Watch charger? MagSafe is like a new AirPods Pro. It probably costs more to put a little coil in that thing because the current design is all aluminum, which can't support induction. So if they wanted to charge with the Apple Watch charge puck, the Siri remote, you would have to put some kind of glass or ceramic or plastic on the back. I guess plastic could work. That's pretty cheap. Maybe they'll get there someday, but they just switched it to Type-C, and I don't think that the Siri... It's not taking up much space on the remote to have that Type-C port, so... I don't know. I, I just don't have that much faith in a portless future anymore. I think that wireless charging is nice when you have it, but por qué no dos, you know? Like, why not just just have both? But wireless charging when you need it, and then a port when you need it is a good... Is a good it doesn't take away from the experience to continue having a port in my opinion um if you do, don't want to use wired charging that's fine we got magsafe and it works pretty well and i'm happy with magsafe but saying magsafe is so good that we should take away any other way to charge yeah just there's just too many advantages to having a port um let's see the new remote still doesn't have a speaker for find by apple is mean <laughs> to my couch potatoes like me that's a good idea i would recommend that yeah did you find the XDR on the MacBook to be better than the iPad Pro? I mean, yes, but I never had them at the same time, so I couldn't really compare them side by side. Um, so no, I can't necessarily say it's better. It's probably just about as good. Thank you, Mike, for the super chat. Would you recommend a refurbished base model M1 Mac Mini from Apple's website for five eighty nine for a casual user, or is it better to get the sixteen gigs of RAM version? I think if you have to ask, then you don't need it. If you're debating if I, like, if you're asking me, no. You, <laughs> the only people who need 16 gigs of RAM are the people that know they need 16 gigs of RAM. If you're, if you're a casual user, 8 gigs of RAM is plenty fine. Especially when it's Apple Silicon and it's unified memory. Um, I think you'll be totally fine with the M1 Mac Mini. I might even encourage you to look elsewhere. Like, I think you can find them cheaper on eBay certified refurbished or Amazon. Both of those support longer return windows than Apple does. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm only going to buy through Apple. That's fine. Okay, it's your money. You can do what you want. But um, it's a Mac Mini. It's like there's no battery to worry about. There's no display to worry about. It's a box that's going to sit on your desk. So do you really care if it has a couple of micro scuffs on it? If it's just going to be sitting there all the time? while you're mainly looking at the screen. And um, Amazon Renewed has a 90-day return policy. eBay comes with a one-year warranty if you buy it certified refurbished. And uh, also, I think, has like a 30-day return policy. So like, if you, get the, if, if you buy it from Amazon for cheaper than Apple and it sucks, you can return it and get all your money back. I've, I've heard both with Amazon and eBay, they very much prioritize the consumer, the buyer's, it's a bit more sketchy when you're a seller, from what I've heard, that eBay tends to be biased against sellers, but I, you're not trying to sell something. So, um, let's see. Apple will remove the port just because it's Apple. Well, it doesn't seem like the EU, Brazil, or India will let them. So, I don't, I don't know about, like, 
I think the point, I think there's a clause in the Santa Claus. There's a clause in the EU regulation about USB-C that says that they can adopt future standards in the future, but they have to be universal. Like you can't switch to portless, but require a proprietary wireless charging standard. So I don't know if that necessarily means that eventually they'll ditch the port um, within the next five years, but Apple tends to keep, as we've seen with lightning now, right? Like we just talking about how even today you can buy a $1,600 iPhone and it still has lightning and they introduced lightning back in 2012. So if Apple does switch to type C this year, which I think is pretty likely, it's not a guarantee, but it's pretty likely they would probably keep it around for another 10 years minimum before they would consider portless again, which I'm happy with. I think 10 years from now when we're on iPhone 25, <laughs> that's funny to say, um, hardware will be so good and software support gets longer. You notice that like iPhones are getting more and more software support and they're aging better and better because the upgrades year over year are getting more and more incremental. By 2025, you'll be able to buy a Thunderbolt 8 capable iPhone 15 Ultra Max, whatever. Um, and it will probably get software support for over 10 years at that point. Right now, we can get software support on iPhones for seven to eight years. And another 10 years of development will probably up, be up to 10 plus, maybe 12 plus years of software support. But I think Apple is going to become more of a software company by then. They're not going to be so concerned about hardware sales. At least it seems like that's what Tim is preparing for. But yeah, by then, it'll be super thin bezel, no notch, no pill, no nothing. Everything's underneath the display. Battery life is super long. Chip is super fast. Camera can zoom in 100x and look great and be super ultra wide and be super crisp. And they're just going to iron out and, and like reach peak smartphone and just totally um, max out all of the capabilities of it. And there probably won't be much more they can come up with at that point. But We'll see. Maybe they'll think of use cases and things that I can't imagine. The only thing I can imagine that they're not doing now is turning the iPhone into your Mac, basically. Like, I'm using continuity camera right now. And if my phone had Thunderbolt and I could plug it into a display, like a studio display or what have you, and then the iPhone chip is so powerful that it can boot into Mac OS. So now I'm using my super great iPhone 25 camera as my webcam and I can also edit videos off the same chip from my iPhone. And now I just have the best Mac is the one you have with you. You know, that kind of thing. Um, iPhone prices in India are ridiculously high. Just look at these. Now, I, I know they're high, but that's mostly India's fault, not Apple. Um, India has crazy high import tariffs for devices that aren't built in India. Um, so blame blame your government for that one, unfortunately. It's not like Apple just... Apple knows that most people in India spend way less money on their phones, so they're not pricing them higher for no reason. Um, obviously, it would make more financial sense for Apple to price them lower in India so they could increase market share, but they can't because the government is applying massive fees to it. So I apologize for that, but it's not it's not up to me and it's not up to Apple. Um Max Powers is, yeah, right, they need a port. Uh, the amount of accessories I've bought, like the Rode microphone that are built around having a port, that's almost a deal breaker. I do think there's a ton of use cases that you leave out. I mean, it'd be one thing if we figured out charging over the air, you know, like Apple ditched the headphone jack, but I think it was because they realized that um, wireless was the future. And for audio listening on a phone, 
most people didn't need super low latency or lossless or whatever. Um, so they were like, okay, well, if it's a phone, just streaming music, wireless headphones is going to be plenty. That's fine. And it's a single use port on top of that. But ditching the port, that's not one function. That's just like tons of, that's charging, that's data, that's accessories, that's a lot of things combined into one port. Um, uh, maintenance and factory restores and that kind of thing. Uh, it's good to have multiple charge options. You know, I'm glad that when I swam in the ocean with my phone, there was moisture detected in the charge port. So my phone would not charge through the lightning connector, but it would charge through Qi. So, you know, it's a great backup. So I was like, I can charge my phone with MagSafe when it's wet, but I can't charge it with the wire. So options are nice. Um, Let's see. Just spend the $500. It's not worth having a messed up board for $50 savings. I don't know who's going to mess up the board. It's a Mac Mini. Most people just leave them the way they are. Um, he's he's thinking about buying it certified refurbished anyway, which means that it is a reused board regardless. So if he's comfortable buying a reused board, I would say save the money. If they get Type-C this year, I'm probably going to do a two-in-a-row upgrade, go with the 15 Pro Max Ultra. Yeah, honestly, it sounds like a pretty decent year for upgrades. Apple is building quite a few iPhones in India now. They're also working on the Apple Store there. I don't know if they're building the Pros there, though. I thought they were just building the older models. It seems like iOS market share in India will probably grow. Well, it's very tiny right now. Um, it's just like the best-selling phones in India are all like $200, and I don't think Apple's going to get that. Um, charging over the air is probably dangerous. We've always figured it out in labs, but you know, like when they ditched the headphone jack, there was a very, very, you know, wireless solution. It was like, okay, well, when we have this technology where you can put the buds in your ear and walk away, that makes wired headphones feel pretty unnecessary. But we haven't found the equivalent of that with wireless charging. It's like, okay, there's not a port anymore, but you still need to get like a puck you know, you still need a circle, and that circle has a wire, and with that puck, you slap it on the back, but there's still a wire, you know, attached to the phone. It's not connected with pins anymore, but it's it's still a wire going to the phone. So I feel like portless doesn't really make the experience feel that much more immersive or different. It's just switching a port for induction, which doesn't really save all that much. It's just, uh, yeah... No, there's. A, I keep trying to explain that to people. There's not a. There's not such a thing as MagSafe data transfer. That's pointless. Uh, because MagSafe inherently, unless you start putting pins on the back of your phone, MagSafe is induction. It's magnet, magnetic coils getting near each other, and then that magnetic field is able to output a charge. Um, with when you're transmitting data. You're either doing it over the air, which means through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or whatever. NFC is not good for data transfer. NFC is super low bit rate. It's like it's very close range. That's why like Apple Pay uses NFC. You tap. See, I actually activated it just for you guys. Money wires to all of your accounts. Um, NFC is very close range, but it's super low bit rate. It doesn't send files at a high amount, but. Um, if you wanted to send files at a high speed, you're going to be using some form of radio wave like a Bluetooth or like a Wi-Fi. So if you're capable of sending that data via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, you don't need it to be close to the phone. 
the the only thing MagSafe does is power and lets the device know what's connected, which is a very low bit rate. It's not a lot of data. All it does is say, this is a wallet. This is a MagSafe battery pack. It doesn't need to transmit high bit rate. So if you want to do wireless um, data transfer, you don't need the devices to be close together. That's not necessary. Um, so th there's not a need for like a MagSafe data transfer adapter or anything. With India, they just only need a tiny piece of market share and they'll still make a boatload of profit from that region. Remember that India has over a billion people. Yeah, but most of those people are not buying $1,000, $1,200 phones. Saying it's not it's not Apple's decision to charge that much for the iPhone. It's import tariffs. Even if Apple went portless, I think they would still do a hidden diagnostic port like they do on the Apple Watch. So, Caleb, they removed the diagnostic port on the Apple Watch. Um, I... I don't think they will go portless in the near term. I think most likely they will switch to USB-C this year and they will keep it for at minimum 10 years, just like they kept Lightning for 10 years, which means by 2033, maybe we'll get a portless iPhone, but year-over-year -year iPhone upgrades are going to be so insanely small by that point that no one would care. I think Apple, is, Apple should be more worried about getting rid of things because if you get rid of things, that convinces people not to upgrade Whereas right now, Apple's struggling to find things to convince people to upgrade. Um, you're so generous. I'm $5 richer. You're welcome. On my iPhone and I have giant hands, even with the Max model, it's still not big enough. Hey, I, that's why I've told you I want the iPad mini to get, you know, pro cameras and Apple Watch support and phone number eSIM support. I, I can fit the iPad mini in my pocket. I'm not joking when I say I think Apple could make an 8.3-inch iPhone and it would sell. Maybe not the same aspect ratio of the 13 Pro Max, but people think I'm joking about that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. An iPad mini that's like $1,200, that has OLED, that has 120 hertz, that has Face ID, that has the, the same camera arrangement as the Pro Max, that has Type-C, um, probably not MagSafe. That's just a little clunky on an iPad mini. But yeah, I'm all... Um, what's the transfer speed of AirDrop? I think it's about the speed as USB 2, maybe a little bit faster, but yeah, it's like it's, you don't need the devices to slap onto each other for them to transfer data back and forth. Um, let's see. Simply because I don't want to use Lightning anymore for anything but my iPad, I just use MagSafe, plus it's a nice angle to it, whatever direction I want versus just the bottom. Yeah, I prefer using MagSafe too. I pretty much... I hardly ever use lightning. I say as I use lightning right now, but that's because I didn't charge my phone last night and um, I've been using continuity camera a lot today. So the battery is, was nearly dead and I didn't feel like, can I charge it that way? I'm actually curious. I haven't tried that. I'm going to, so I'm using continuity camera and my iPhone battery is at, what does it say? 80% charging on hold. I'm going to disconnect the lightning cable, which continuity camera doesn't need a wire to work, which is kind of cool. Works over Wi-Fi. But if I attach MagSafe Duo to my phone while its continuity camera is on, yeah, it says charging on hold. Okay, so yeah, I don't really need, <laughs> I don't really need to use lightning, but it just feels a little clunky to have the big MagSafe Duo puck up there. That's so funny. I should show you guys what that looks like. If I uh, flip this around, I think I can. 
Look at my camera. Wait. Oh, this is so confusing. Oh, my God. How do I? Oh. There it is. <laughs> That's you guys right now. That's what I'm talking to. MagSafe Duos just popped. Now I could, if I had AirPods Pro 2, I could snap that on right next to you. Um, yeah, I use MagSafe probably 98% of the time. But it's, I just don't think the there would be much advantages of dropping it. Yeah, d diagnostic port was removed on the Series 7. I don't think it's on the Series 8 or on the Ultra. So they can do portless devices. It's not like Apple has to have a diagnostic port. I think also the Apple TVs, even though they have power, they have a power cable, uh, they have a power port and they have an HDMI port. If there's a, if there's a problem, um, there's not a diagnostic port. So like the HDMI doesn't connect to your computer so that you can look at the report. Basically, if there's something wrong with tvOS and it's crashed, you can just tell it to reinstall a fresh copy of tvOS. Um, so it's not like they need a diagnostics port necessarily, but I still think they'll keep the port. Today, AirDrop was in a good mood. It took me 48 minutes to transfer a 14-minute 4K video. Oh, my God. Jeez. I don't read any comic books. I'm sorry, Divinus. I feel very limited in my time, to be honest. There's just a lot of stuff going on all the time. How much do you think the rumored MacBook Air 15-inch will cost? I think $1,400. You got to remember that the 15-inch MacBook Air is potentially taking a lot of sales away from the 16-inch MacBook Pro, which is why I don't think they will price it that low. I think that's pretty good. I tend to lean on the side of caution, so I'm thinking it's going to be more like $1,800. And people will say it's not that good a deal and it will kind of act like a decoy. It'll be like, well, at that point, you're so close to a MacBook Pro anyway. But Apple loves that pricing ladder, right? Like Apple loves being able to say, well, if you want that one, it's $1,800. But then you're only $200 away from the Pro. But if you want the big Pro, you need $2,500. And they just slowly sell you on the bigger and bigger model. They seem to do that with MacBooks now and they do that with iPhones and they do that with iPads. So that's why I'm doubtful that they would charge $1,400 for it because I agree that's just an incredibly good deal and I think way too many people would buy that one and then very few people would spend the extra money on a pro or a lot less people would spend the extra money on a pro. So that's why I bet neither of us are right, Gnome. It's probably going to be in the middle. It's probably going to be like $1,500 or, or $1,600 or something, but reverse wireless charging an iPhone, they do that, yeah. Like... People thought you needed special hardware for it, but the iPhone 12 could do it. The MagSafe battery pack, you could plug in the iPhone via lightning and the iPhone would charge the battery pack wirelessly. So it does have the tech for it. They just didn't enable it to charge anything because they realized that was a stupid idea. <laughs> um, that's a long time. I was marveling last week about it takes less than two minutes for me to transfer a 4K 60 one and a half hour video that was 40 gigs. Dang. Yeah, airdrop's pretty great. I hope they can find ways to make it faster. Um, is it worth to get an iPhone 11? Well, what does it cost? What did you find? If you got it, if you found a good deal on it, yeah. People say that about the M2 MacBook Air and look at it now. Idiots like me want it. <laughs> I don't think that many people bought them, though. I don't know what the iPhone 11 cost, dude. Uh, you would be surprised to know people in India are buying Pro Maxes even when the base is 1700 US dollars. Just look at the brand. But I'm not saying no one is. I'm just saying the... I think iOS market share in India is like less than 5% or something. 
So like iOS market share could double in India and it would still not be very much of it. So I'm saying most people are not buying Pro Maxes. Um, I'm sure there's some, but uh, not the norm. How much do you think the M2 Extreme Mac Pro is going to cost knowing Apple? Probably 6500 Well, considering what we know now about it, which is that it's basically just going to be the cheese grater Mac Pro, but just with Apple Silicon. Maybe they keep the price the same. Yeah, maybe maybe I think you're about right, about six thousand. Um, I want to know what happened to those rumors of the bigger iMac with the space gray color. Uh, yeah, maybe they canceled it because they thought it would be better to just do the monitor first, or desktop sales aren't strong enough for Apple to consider it. But anyway, it's getting late, and um. I appreciate you guys' questions, but I could do this all night if I'm not careful, so I'm just going to cut myself off here. But I appreciate you guys tuning in. I had a great time, and I hope you did too. Um, there's more videos to come, so stay tuned. And uh, thank you once again to Tyler Forte and Riley McGinnis, the two mad lads that were crazy enough to sign up for Talos of Tech Ultra. I thought they did it accidentally because Talos of Tech Ultra is a horrible deal, but they did it, so thank you to both of you for your support. And um, I hope you all have an excellent rest of your day. Happy weekend. Stay safe out there. Friday the 13th. Careful. Bye-bye.